What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. If you guys aren't following us yet, please go over to Instagram and do so. I'd really appreciate it. It's at OMHC underscore podcast. And eventually, that is the only place that this uh, podcast, the new episodes, are going to be kind of um, announced. So definitely a place to go over if you're liking what we're doing here. By the way, if you do not know what's going on here, you can check out the first episode by either scrolling down on your browser or clicking back and then going down to episode one. Uh, But the short is that we are typically, (laughs) I say this typically because we're not going to be doing that tonight, but typically we're interviewing real people with real uh, resolutions to mental health issues. And resolutions does not mean that people are living some kind of perfect life or something like that, but it does mean that they've gotten to a point with their mental health issues that They were kind of able to go on and live an otherwise normal and productive life. So I say this is going to be a little atypical tonight because I actually was just trying to record um, with a very good friend of mine now and a cool guest. And the thing is, it kept cutting out. We kept having so many different issues. So we decided that we're going to be recording it on Thursday evening and I will have him for you guys next week. But that kind of means, you know, I'm at a point where. Uh, I just had to figure something out here, and I had been really wanting to do this. I didn't know how to incorporate it. I didn't know where to put it in, so I'm taking this as kind of a sign from the universe maybe to you know, just go ahead and actually do it. So if you know my story at all, if you've seen it on YouTube or kind of heard a little glimpse of it in one of the um, earlier podcasts, I kind of touched on stuff a little bit in episode one, then you know that I've had huge success in my dealing with anxiety and depression by changing a lot of lifestyle stuff around. So what I think I'd like to do today is just briefly touch on some of the stuff I went through, how lifestyle changes helped me and who lifestyle changes are most helpful for when it comes to dealing with um, anxiety, depression, or even other mental health challenges. So um, again, uh, you know, kind of a briefer background than um, maybe is due, but nonetheless, I started dealing with anxiety from a very, very young age. Um, I can remember as early as five years old. It could have been four for all I know. And I had panic attacks at this age. I had kind of a generalized anxiety that wasn't you know, as bad. It was more the panic attacks. And they happened sporadically. And what I mean by that is they only happened every now and then. So you know, maybe I'd get one to three panic attacks a month at that age. Uh, maybe none, right? And... The thing is, since it happened so sporadically, it wasn't really looked at something that was some major thing. I mean, we went to the doctors a few times, but it was nothing that was like, okay, this devastating thing that's affecting my life on a daily um, or even weekly basis. It just you know happens every now and then that was part of my personality. It was kind of um, looked at as that. Then the thing is, though, as time went on, I found that my anxiety was getting much worse. Uh, The panic attacks got much more frequent. At one point, they literally happened every single day, usually multiple times a day uh, for about three, four months at a time. I mean, it was, I actually think one of the only reasons that it subsided, because I wasn't really doing anything to help myself at that time. I think one of the only reasons that subsided is just because my body was kind of just, it felt burnt out. Um, It was shot. If you've never experienced a panic attack um, or never even seen anyone like that, panic attacks just completely take over the adrenaline response of the body and you are just going and every little bit of your energy, it just feels like is being consumed and used in that moment. And 
from a survival standpoint, it makes sense because the body thinks, hey, you're something's really bad is about to happen to me or is happening to me right now. And I need to be here. Like I need to be alert. I need to be present. I need to be ready to go to fight or flight. We've all heard probably of the fight or flight response, um, but to fight or flight, what's going on? When I was sitting there with that, you know, this was so intense and just happening every day, multiple times a day that I just remember like, um, even when I would get them at night, like I could still be anxious, but I'd be so exhausted that I would eventually fall asleep at two or 3 a.m. Cause I was just, I was burnt out. I didn't have anything left in the tank. Um, so these were happening more frequently. And again, I had generalized anxiety disorder. And although this was like more obvious, um, I say this in the talks I give publicly, it, it was more clear to me that, Hey, even if I didn't know what to call anxiety all the times, or if I didn't know to call it a panic attack, if I didn't know at the time what that was, which was true for a lot of the time, I still understood that something was different about me. So, you know, I always use this example, I guess it's a little harder on an audio, but I'll try to describe it the best I can. When I'm giving the talks, normally I, I have this photo up there of this cartoon character about to go skydiving. And you can see that the person's very nervous. It's, it's very dramatic. You know, they're holding on to the window and stuff like that. Um, they're about half the size of the plane themselves. It's very silly. But nonetheless, when you look at the person, I always say to people, I'm like, well, imagine if I could take you and, you know, you're sitting in your seats right now and I snap my fingers and I teleport you and now you're the skydiver. Well, even if you've never skydived before, right, we all have this idea in our heads of what that would feel like. You know, maybe the heart rate is going up or maybe our palms are sweating or maybe we're getting those thoughts saying, hey, uh, this is a perfectly good plane. I don't have wings and I don't need to be jumping out of it. So I should back up into it. Right. And then I say, well, 10 seconds before when you were in your uh, seat before I teleported you, hopefully you can say you weren't anxious or didn't feel like that. Right. So that onset and that it was very obvious like I knew, okay, well, I felt overall fine before. And now 10 seconds later, when I'm having this panic attack or when I'm in this um, anxiety mode, I know something's wrong with me and I know something's different about me. And the reason I'm saying this is because depression for myself and a lot of the other people I've talked to is actually not like that at all. Um, it sneaks up on people. It snuck up on me. That's for sure. It was something that I had no idea what it was until probably three, three and a half years after first dealing with it. And I had, I, I had such a notion in my head about what depression was. I thought depression was crying my eyes out. I thought it was laying in bed all day. I thought it was withdrawing from friends and family. The thing was, I was actually absolutely correct. Depression can be any or all of those things, but it is not exclusively any of those things. And it does not have to include that in someone's depression. No, especially um, in males, I, I later learned. Um, and this is not you know, just true for males, but especially in males, it's overrepresented, that it can look like acting out or irritability or starting physical altercations with other people or impulsivity. And I had all of those things, but I didn't know what depression was. So I didn't. it never even dawned on me that that's what I could be dealing with. But nonetheless, that crept up. I would say it took about three or four months of actually dealing with the clinical symptoms of it to realize, okay, hey, something's off. And then add another two and a half years to even figure out that, hey, uh, this what was off is called major depressive disorder, man. I had a bunch of different things that I labeled it as, but it was completely um, incorrect, unfortunately. So I had this anxiety, I had this depression, and 
Um, again, this is kind of a briefer message. It's not meant to be the full story. It's about actually, you know, some useful things that I learned that really helped me. But I also said I was going to talk about who these things were going to help most before I even listed them. So I want to be clear and define. Um, this is not a clinical term, but it's what I call circumstantial versus non-circumstantial anxiety, depression, or virtually any other mental health issue. Circumstantial, let's just call it anxiety and depression for the sake of this uh, conversation, is when you have a very clear event or series of events or you know a date or series of dates where you could see that that is what caused or preceded mental health issues. So for example, a few of the people that we've already had on the podcast have talked about things, uh, you know, either with abuse, physical, sexual, things like that, right? And then that's when they became an anxious person. That's when they became a depressed person. So they could go back and say, okay, you know, overall, I was doing okay before that. And then these things, these circumstances happened to me and now I don't feel okay anymore. Now I'm dealing with this stuff. That's a circumstantial anxiety or depression in my book. Again, not a clinical term, but I'll show you guys where I'm going with this. When it's non-circumstantial, these non-circumstantial anxiety and depression is just as real, is when there's not necessarily a rhyme or reason to what you're going through. You know, you can't go back and pinpoint, oh, it's this traumatic event or this series of traumatic events or this date or this series of dates. And now I have this. It's something that maybe happens gradually. It's something that maybe gets progressively worse over time. Um, and because of that, it can be a little more confusing, I think. So I definitely consider myself more in the non-circumstantial anxiety and depression group. I've certainly had uh, circumstances in my life that led to anxiety and depression. And you know, sometimes major things happen that definitely affected my mental health. But to be honest, most of those things happened in the early teenage years or middle of my teenage years. When I was dealing with the panic attacks at five years old, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to why this was going through. I had an overall good life. I had overall decent relationships with friends and family. I mean, there's nothing in particular to complain about. So I call that a non-circumstantial anxiety or depression. It's right in the name. It's because there was no clear circumstances that led to that. So um, I think if when you talk to doctors or whatever, it's almost like situational, situational, excuse me, um, anxiety or depression. But, you know, again, I just use the circumstantial or non-circumstantial thing to make it a little clearer. Now that I preface that, the thing is, the non-circumstantial anxiety or depression, I think, is really where what I talk about has a huge weight. Um, I absolutely 100,000% believe that anything I say um, or I'm about to say can help virtually anyone dealing with some type of mental health issue. It's just the degree to which it will help them might vary greatly depending on if this is someone um, with more of a circumstantial or non-circumstantial um, anxiety or depression. So now that I kind of laid out that foundation, as time went on, um, you know, I, I went through a lot of different stuff. Again, this is, you know, totally a shortened version. Um, I got in a lot of trouble in school, ended up not finishing high school, things like that. And I had an event on about New Year's Eve of 2013, uh, going into 2014, that led me to want to kind of make better decisions and make different choices for myself. And I got super lucky because it wasn't long after I made that decision that I got involved with some really fantastic uh, young adults. And 
these guys worked in a health and wellness company together. Um, they, you know, sold different products, supplements, things like that. And I didn't really know much about that back then, but I knew that this was a good group of people to be around. So because I made that decision that I wanted more and I needed to kind of do more with my life, um, I knew I needed to be around good people. That made sense to me when I finally got around them. I wasn't necessarily consciously like looking for them, but once I was in the environment and I felt it, I'm like, okay, wow, like this is definitely a great first step. So super interestingly was unintentionally when you were doing this health and wellness product, right? We're selling this and this thing was packed um, with nutrients, vitamins, minerals, things like that. And the thing was, it was put into so many different delivery forms from protein powders to simple multivitamins to kind of like more healthy energy drinks and things like that, that when we all hung out together, especially uh, the summer that followed me meeting them, which was not too far after meeting them, we were like over consuming the heck out of this stuff. I mean, you know, we'd have days where we're drinking like three of the little drinks and you have the multivitamin or you have the powders or whatever, especially like we're doing these events where we're selling this stuff. And you're always demonstrating stuff with people and you're always like, you want to be a part of the group. So you're drinking stuff and um, eating stuff and things like that. And I was really taking a lot of this stuff. Now here's the thing over a few months, I realized that a lot of the things I was dealing with with anxiety and depression, and even some of the things with my physical health were getting a lot better. Like it just wasn't as severe as before. And I, when I finally picked up on this, I, started kind of testing it. Like I wanted to see, like, could it really just be the vitamins and nutrients? Was it being around these good people? Was it maturity? Things like that. And I noticed when I stopped consuming um, the products as much, I, I was having a little bit of an issue. And also, to be fair, when I pulled away from the group at times, because um, we were all just doing different things for a period of time at one point, that also had an effect. So I started realizing, I'm like, wait a second, being around super positive people and consuming, you know, powerful nutrients, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins, this is literally having an effect on my mental health, like a pretty significant one. I would say around like 50% of my anxiety or depression was resolved by just doing these two things alone. And, you know, I'm kind of going into this blindly. I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know which specific nutrients I was lacking or, um, you know, anything like that. So it was kind of interesting to me. And I had been someone that I actually started asking the first questions about, you know, things with the more natural side or functional side of things when I was 16, but I didn't necessarily act on any of that till 18, 18 and a half years old. Once I made this connection, I was like really inspired by that. I was super intrigued and I started doing a lot more research, trying to figure this out um, and, and be like, yo, what's going on with this? Like, what does this mean? And I was reading about all these different people who had said the exact same thing that I had found. They were like, yeah, I mean, some people had fully resolved their mental health issues or even physical health issues by changing diet, changing lifestyle and things like that. And that's um, really what I wanted to kind of talk about. I wanted to share some of the things that helped me from a general standpoint. Um, if you know me in person, you know, I dive very deep into science and I, I love to nerd out. But I want to just give a few things today as a general perspective so that maybe if people are interested, they can kind of dive into this now. And um, if you guys like this stuff, please let me know if you want to hear more about it as well and, and more of the in-depth stuff. Please shoot me a message, whether it's um, on Instagram, it's at Evan Transu or at OMHC underscore podcast. Um, shoot me a message on Facebook. Doesn't matter to me. That'd be really cool. So 
there was a, about a hundred probably different ways that I ended up learning about this different stuff from people to journeys I took to California to different doctors to different practitioners to um, audios and things like that. But um, I'm not going to get too much into how I found all this stuff. I just want to get into what actually worked. So I have about three that I really want to list here. One that was super powerful for anxiety and depression, and these um, today they're not in any specific order. It's just kind of what's coming to me off the top of my head, was getting around the right people. And guys, no one person is inherently right and no one person is inherently wrong. What I mean by that is I got around the right people for me. I got around other young adults who had at one point or another made a decision that they wanted a little more out of life for whatever reason that might be. We all came from completely different backgrounds, but they had made that decision that, hey, you know, I want something more. I want something different. And I'm going to go out and try to get that right. And guys, I mean, this totally makes sense, doesn't it? Like if you hang around, like think about it from the common sense perspective. If you hang around super negative people all the time, eventually you're probably going to become negative. If you hang around super positive people all the time, you're probably going to become more positive. So again, you know, I would never sell this as some kind of cure or something to uh, anxiety or depression. That would be ridiculous. But I truly believe that it had an insane impact on my life. And it's still something that I try to practice regularly to this day. And what I mean by that is like, I consciously am always trying to get around the right people for me, people that um, align with where I want to go in life, people who have the same goals as me, um, you know, just things like that. And, and people that, you know, aren't going to gossip, people that are happy, people that are successful. And success does not mean you know, necessarily a monetary thing. Successful just means, you know, actually enjoying, you know, the life that you're living and things like that. So what I always recommend to people and, you know, something that I'm kind of working on long term would be, you know, a way to get these like different groups um, around the country and even around the world where, you know, people that are interested in this type of stuff to be around more positive people can kind of come and do that. But that's a little more long term. Um, number two, the second thing that I would say that really, really, really helped me was changing my diet. And this is such a loaded one. Um, which is why, again, you know, I'm going to have to touch on some of these more long term. But diet for me, one of the biggest things I did within that was I switched to single ingredient as much as possible, um, organic foods. And what that means with single ingredient is, um, especially if you're listening to this in America, you know so much of our stuff. If you go to the grocery store right now, so much of the stuff comes in a can or a wrapper or some kind of packaging and if you look at the back on the ingredients, you will notice that almost never is there, especially on any of those things, is there ever one ingredient being listed. And unfortunately, usually when there's not one ingredient, it's because a lot of the stuff in there is additives and it's crap and it's not good for us and it's not serving us in any way, shape or form. So I kind of cut all that out and I started with like more single ingredient healthy stuff. Um, ideally, you know, stuff that didn't necessarily have to have a label on it was usually the most beneficial. And then I switched to organic when I found out, um, I, I read a lot of studies and I realized that organic is not necessarily, I mean, okay, this greatly varies depending on where you're getting it from and what kind of food, but let's just talk about the stuff that you get at your local supermarket. All right. And not like the specialty store, local supermarket, there is not necessarily a huge nutrient difference between organic food and non-organic food. Now, again, Depending on where you get it from, there could be a dramatic 
um, difference. I mean, one recent study just came out um, comparing nutrients in conventional apples to um, you know, local organic apples, and they actually found that the nutrients in the local organic apple nowadays is about 100 times more than uh, the conventional apple. So it's really crazy when you think about it. But that's not necessarily what I was concerned about. What I was concerned about is all the stuff that organic does not have, like all these super dangerous pesticides, herbicides. There are a few um, in the U.S. organic pesticides that are allowed, but these are dramatically safer, and you can easily avoid these if you know where you're getting your stuff from. Um, the removal of glyphosate, which is Roundup. And again, unfortunately, some of this stuff, depending on where you're buying it, gets cross-contaminated, things like that. But I was buying from a pretty good store. I was pretty conscious about what I was doing at that time. And I really gave that an honest shot. Um, at the time, I was you know, relatively young. I didn't really have a lot of money. I wasn't in a career yet. And Organic was something that I deemed expensive, but it made sense to me that it's not actually literally expensive because I'm if I'm getting more and I feel better out of it, and since I feel better, I'm going to be more productive. Well, this isn't really an expense. Uh, it's a potential investment. So I said, all right, I got to give this at least a month shot and see what happens. And I encourage other people to do the same. That was so ridiculously profound in helping me, um, not only with the mental health stuff, but a lot of physical things I was dealing with. I mean, I've always had issues with skin and things like that. And that was the first time that I really saw something naturally working for my skin. I and mean, my skin cleared up. It was just literally the worst skin I'd ever had at that time. Cleared up about 70% probably in the first month. I mean, I was like on cloud nine. I thought this was unbelievable. So that was like really, really, really um, super important. And then, you know, I know I said I would have three things, but I'm a liar. I'm going to have four. Uh, one of the third things that I did that was uh, pretty cool was Similar to getting around the right people was being very conscious of what I was consuming. Um, and I don't mean that in like a literal sense of consuming food, but like consuming information and consuming stuff in my ears. Most of my close family members and definitely my friends will probably remember this time of my life. But when I first got around uh, those positive people, I think it was for about like two and a half or three months straight. I was listening to very positive, very motivational, inspirational stories about people that had you know, achieve success or overcome uh, very tough feats in their life and things like that. So it's real stuff. It was like real actual stuff. It wasn't just like someone yelling at you, motivation, uh, rah, rah, rah. It, it was practical and true stories. And I, again, similar to the organic food, I just like decide I'm like, I'm going to just go all in with this. And I wouldn't turn on the radio because, you know, unfortunately with the stuff I was going through, a lot of the music's negative. Right. And it talks about sad things and things like that. So I'm not suggesting anyone to stop listening to music. I'm just saying when you go onto the radio and you actually kind of pay attention to the underlying theme, you realize a lot of it's kind of not the most positive thing to be putting in our mind the whole day. So I was just like, I'm only listening to this and I'm going to do this for at least a month. Well, I ended up doing it for about two and a half months. Like literally I had a rule in my car that we weren't listening to music. We were only listening to this stuff, even if I wasn't fully paying attention. I was going to be picking up on that. I knew my subconscious would pick up on it. And holy cow, did I notice a difference. I mean, this was more subtle. By the end of the two, two and a half months, I was like, I literally felt like a completely different person. I felt like I could take on the world. I had completely different belief systems about what was true and what wasn't true. Um, I had more motivation. I mean, my motivation was through the roof. And that's something that really has never gone away uh, years later since I did that. So I'm, I'm trying to work on something where, again, remember today's, a podcast. This wasn't necessarily me intentionally doing this today. I wanted to wait for a little later, but 
I have something that I want to do where on my website, I'm going to literally just have a link to a playlist I make on YouTube where someone can go there and get like maybe 24 to 30 hours worth of the best stuff that I've ever listened to. And, you know, just kind of have it on a loop or whatever they want to do. Number four was it. I mean, I want to say it's sleep because looking back, sleep was so important, but it was actually something that I unfortunately neglected. I didn't understand the power of it. So in literal order, uh, getting outside was so phenomenal. And this may be tied with sleep for the most important one. Um, obviously, if you don't have any sleep, you're going to get sick way before uh, if you don't just go outside or something. But nonetheless, I got into hiking and I got into just you know being present outside and just going out without my phone or something like that, going for walks um, in the sun, you know, sunrise, sunset, things like that. And I, that was one of the coolest things because it was almost instant. Like even to this day, when I you know, go from inside to outside, even if it's raining or something, I mean, I don't know about anyone else. I'm not really sure what other people are experiencing. It is just like something changes in me. It really is. I love the outdoors. I love being out there. I love seeing a good view. Um, I love being near water, just anything really um, that can get me into nature and stuff like that. So to sum up today, because again, this is from the general standpoint, if anyone wants to hear more about this, I'm really curious to see like what's like the most intriguing part. Please, again, shoot me a message and let me know which one I should make first, where it'll actually go in depth on why this works and um, how to implement it simply. But the four I talked about today, um, you know, we're kind of going outside, things like that, getting out in nature as much as possible, uh, eating better and being careful. I mean, this is kind of two combined, but being careful about what we're consuming, right? So being uh, consuming in our relationships and consuming in terms of what we're listening to um, in our ears, the books we're reading, the audios we're listening to, um, the media that we're getting in, right? We don't want it to be overly negative. We want to be aware of what's going on, but we don't want to necessarily kind of drown ourselves out with the news where, you know, the news you got to remember is usually isolated cases a lot of the times and there's 7 billion people in the world. So it's not always representative of what's actually going on everywhere. So super simple, uh, super short. Those four things were just so powerful to me. Um, I would say those alone, and I'll touch on what did it completely for me, but those alone probably reduced 14 years worth of anxiety and several years worth of depression by about, I'd say 80, 90% for me um, very quickly at that. So that was just absolutely phenomenal. And it's something I'm so passionate with sharing um, with as many people as possible. So um, look into that, do some research. And again, if you guys want to hear um, more or what you want to hear specifically, please shoot out to me or you can ask me questions directly. That's cool too. At Evan Transu or at OMHC underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, but for today, I'm going to keep this uh, just kind of at that and leave it at that. You've been listening to the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev. And we will be back with you guys next week with an awesome interview. Don't want to miss it. Uh, please stay tuned. Thanks so much.